The Mom Buns Podcast is part girl talk, part therapy session, and loads of life hacks in between. Join two college BFFs who reunited in their 30s with careers, husbands, and babies in tow. Moms have a lot to say, and we aren't holding back. Well, we didn't mean to record this podcast. It was purely by accident slash venting, but (laughs) it was meant to be for today. So without further ado. She's, I don't know what's up with my kid. What? She's wetting the bed. She won't stop peeing the bed. She's just not acting like herself. Like today she kept complaining about having her ear hurt. And then like for a while she kept, like she had a cold and I thought maybe it might be a sinus infection, but she didn't have enough of the symptoms. She had like one of the eight. Mm -hmm. Then that goes away. But then like Omar's home. So we're super busy and I know she's not getting enough sleep, but like, it's really hard to slow him down. And so like, there were a couple of days I was like, no, we're not going anywhere. Like I'm done now. I'm done. Like, we don't have to do something every single day. Like, they need to go to bed on time. And they also don't know how to tell him that. One, because he's daddy. And two, because it's a lot of fun. And right. They can't verbalize what they need, which is why they have mothers. Right. And so then, but I have to be the killjoy. I'm like, okay, something's not right. And I think it's, I think it's a combination of her getting over being sick, taking swimming lessons so she sleeps even harder than she normally does. Because mm-hmm. she's active. Yeah. And we've been doing more, so she's just exhausted and not getting enough sleep. But then, like, she might have swimmer's ear because she had no fever, so I sent her to school. And school calls, and they're like, she keeps complaining about her ear. And I'm like, well, see how she does. If she doesn't take a nap, we'll come pick her up. And they're like, okay. But then, like, I don't want to be that mom that's like, I don't care that my kid doesn't feel well or she's not quite – like, she keeps crying over stupid stuff, like, more than just I broke my granola bar so I don't know if she's upset because she knows Izzy's leaving her school. I, I, don't, I don't know. And I'm just like, I'm feeling like a shitty mom because I don't know how to help my kid. And it's frustrating. So also I'm tired of cleaning pee sheets. <laughs> yeah, I would be tired of that too. So anyway, I'm just frustrated. And I, I know that it's not the end of the world and it's not like she's super sick or anything. It just, I wish I could help her and I feel helpless right now. And so I'm frustrated today. Well, do you think it's a symptom of other things? Because there's, it said like, it could be a change in routine. Well, we've had changes in routine because he's been home. So there is no routine. So it could be that I said, you know, like if they're more active, yes, yes. So it's like, I don't want to take her to the doctor and waste one of my one of three $75 copay visits that I get a year. I'm done now. We've been recording the whole time. So we're halfway through the pod. I do. It's frustrating. And it's frustrating when, like, going back to the, you think maybe they're trying to tell you something or that you have to interpret it because you're a mom, because you know them best, because you have, you know, like, you have that responsibility and they don't have the way to vocalize what they really need from you if they're going through an emotional change, if they're going through a mental change, like, first of all, they don't know. And second of all, like, they don't understand that something's different or that it's just a phase or, you know, that's why they need us to be their allies. So it's so frustrating for you, I'm sure. But knowing that it's like a short, you know, that's part of the marathon. Like one of the sprinting parts of said marathon like just taking excessive water breaks at this point yes. but like you're right I think like you have to follow your gut and that's huge 
But then at the same time, like you think you're over that part. When they're able to speak, you think that you're done now. I'm done now guessing what you need. Oh no, just kidding. No. You know, even even Matt's, you know, through kindergarten practically, right? Like he will still completely freeze up. And you're you're right back at the game of like, what's wrong? Like you're hurt. Like where are you hurt? How bad are you hurt? Like, you know, it's whatever it is where he can't verbalize it even if he wants to, or he could verbalize it, but he'd rather just scream. Because that's easier. Because it takes way too much effort to calm yourself down. Yeah. But then, okay, so then that leads me, like, what do you do when he screams? You're in the middle of the grocery store or the soccer game or whatever, and then, like, he can't – and he's five. Just be – I mean, what can you do? You can be present. You can be reassuring. You can – not make a big deal out of whatever they're trying to make a huge deal out of, right? Just kind of be the other end of the pendulum. So if it's scraped knee off of a fallen, you know, falling off a bike, or if it's, what was it last night? I don't know. They got in some sort of fight and both of them ended up crying. The off. kids did? Yeah. Like over a pen. Right. A pen that they each have. Like... But yeah, no, you have to be reassuring. You have to to be the person. And I think that's where like, that's certainly where I'm different than my husband in that um, like, I don't know where my endless reservoir of patience came from, except for like, it developed when I became a mom. Like when I became a mom, like patience just dammed up and, and I have it. And I never thought I would be that way. And it's not all the time. Like they get to the end of it pretty fast some right. days. But I have more patience and understanding and calming in my body than I would have ever, 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 ever guessed until I became a mom. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of that whole, like, follow your instincts, trust your gut is, like, you just have to kind of, I don't know, just be present in the moment and not let yourself get so carried away with the thing that's, that's drastically impacting the little person that you're taking care of. Um, yeah. You have and, to put yourself on a shelf. Like, okay, this oh, is yeah. all my stuff needs to go out the window right now. And you just have to like rein it in, which I think is really hard to do sometimes when you're in the middle of whatever other thing that you're in the middle of. Yeah. Because you can't think about yourself at all. Well, and you learn that like from the very beginning, right? Like you're holding a screaming baby who is screaming for like no reason ever right and you're just like you're rocking you're holding you're twisting you're bouncing you're you're doing all of the you're, you're wearing your boobie like you've got your boobs out like everything yes. just to try to console this person this little thing that you made yes that like just won't stop and and i i think that's where it starts right and, mm-hmm. and while you can certainly empathize with the feelings of like somebody like thinking like oh it'd just be easier to throw them out of the window right now right <laughs> like you understand where somebody could get to that place right right condoning throwing your children correct but, uh you understand where that could get to and i remember that both with the first two and then the third when i was like in postpartum like those things I just internalized. I think I, I internalized a lot more of the fear and the, the angst, I think when I had postpartum, but like, I was still pretty much like, okay, like this is the thing, like you can give me a crying baby now and I'm just 
Like it doesn't affect me. I just put my, like you said, I just put myself on the shelf Mm -hmm. and it's not about me. It's about them. And I don't take that personally. I don't internalize a lot of that. I don't know if that's like a defense mechanism. I, now I think all moms must have some part of that because I had it. And I think that my mom also had it, Mm -hmm. um, at some level. So, you know, it starts then it starts with, here's this thing I've created. I'm responsible for I feed like, you know, and, and it's not about me anymore. And that doesn't go away. Like, I mean, I'm only six years in, but I'm not seeing that go away No, anytime soon. No, but does your, does your husband handle it differently than you do? Like oh, where, yes. where is his reservoir of patience? <laughs> I've used that up a long Does he have a pond? <laughs> Mine might have a pond. Of he patience. might have a mud puddle some days. <laughs> no, and no, and I might have a mud puddle some days. I'm not saying right. like by any means I'm perfect and or I'll just let them like, or things will just great, 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 great on me. And then I'll just turn around and be like, boom, yeah. like drop the mom bomb. Yeah. But, oh, I love that. Drop the mom bomb. It's the opposite of the mom bun. Yeah. Mom buns go up, mom bombs go down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that. But do you think it balances out because you do have more patience than him? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes he has more, you know, like I think we play off of each other pretty well, but mm-hmm. on a whole, like I can handle a lot more of that highly sensitive child yeah. <laughs> than he can. I can, hi- I can take maybe a little bit more of the whiny voice or like, or spin it. And I maybe a little bit better at redirecting for those. Honestly, I probably have more practice at it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I can sense, like he can sense when I'm not in the mood to take something and he'll kind of own it, shoulder it, resolve it. Um, and I can sense it for him too. And so I think for that, like we both play off of each other, but I, I always wonder what it's like when I'm not here too. Yeah. Um, what that's like because I'm the parent that travels more so there's a lot more where he's got one two three by himself and he's dealing with and they're great kids and I know they're good for him but they're also just kids so like I know that like the the nightly routine of like get home do dinner like have some sort of activity or do something then the whole bedtime routine, like it might only be a couple hours where you're really, really in the weeds with them, but it can feel like, I can feel like a whole day in that, just those couple hours, if they're not, if they're not in the mood for it, or if you're not in the mood for it. So how do you do that? Because you are the parent that stays at home at your house. Like, is that different for you in like when he's home versus when, when it's just you? When, yeah, I mean, it is different. And, you know, we always joke about how, because we try to do the same thing. Um, my husband is good about sensing, like, I'm done now. Okay, her limit is capped. So I need to take over. Um, and I got to I gotta give him major accolades that I feel like he's grown a lot. He didn't have as much patience when my first one was born as, as like, to to how much patience he has now, um, where like, I'll just be at my wits end and he'll be like, Hey, what's going on with you two? You know? And he just jumps in. So that's huge. Um, but like you guys, we don't always, we don't always have the patience. And it's like some days you're like, Oh, for the love of Pete, I've given you seven drinks of water. I need to sit down. Just leave me alone. Um, but I try to create a consistent routine. That's what I do when he's gone. Because I've noticed we function 
really, really well if we get on a routine. So everybody, we go to bed at the same time and we have, you know, it's dinner, then bath, then bedtime. Um, and you know, the rules are X, Y, and Z. You get your drink of water before bed. I will only come in one more time for a huggies, you know, like I don't want to not give you huggies, but I also have had a long day and I would like to sit on my butt. Thank you very much. And read my people magazine just for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I just think, um, the routine is huge, but I also think there is a huge element to trusting your gut, huge element to trusting your gut. And I think um, that that's, I don't know, I just, that is inherent. And I don't think you can learn that unless you, unless you have like the amount of patience that teachers have, because I don't know how they do it when it's. Yeah, that's a whole nother level. That is is, early elementary or early education. Yes. Like those teachers are. I, I know. And I tell my kids teachers that all the time. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. You guys are rock stars. I, I do know how – now, the other thing is, you know, I always joke about, like, I have a stocked wine rack in case it's been a long day. Um, however, as one of my closest friends, you know the key to my heart is also dessert. <laughs> so – And we're both staring at our tubs of sugar and spun – I know. – cotton candy. This is not a sponsored placement, ladies no. and gentlemen. Um, it should not be- an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not yet. No. Uh, get in touch. Uh, no, I actually, yeah, I found Sugar and Spun at the Sweets and Snacks Expo a couple weeks ago. And last week after we recorded, I maybe mentioned, don't you like cotton candy? And got online and sent Ashley tubs for birthday to close out birthday week. So yeah. um, let's take a little cotton candy break. Um, like also because we didn't actually intend to read record the first half of this podcast we literally just got on and started talking and now we're going to use it as the first half of the podcast so let's take a little break while we figure out what we're going to talk about after the break hang on hey it's ashley we've been talking so much on our mom buns podcast about building a village so we want to let you know where you can find us buns not required to follow us on instagram or on facebook at mombuns.life and hey our website is the same, mombuns.life, no.com. No bun actually needed. All right, welcome back. We're talking about trusting your gut as the mama bear. And we were busy taking a break feeding our guts because mm-hmm. good snacks on hand. Do you want to talk about your uh, cotton candy? What, your new favorite flavor? I do um, because, okay, I love cotton candy, but what I don't like is the dye flavor that comes along with it. And I swear, this is not an ad, but I just have to talk about it because I have been really good about not eating a ton of sugar. I had cake at my birthday and I had treats for my birthday and that includes what you have sent me. However, this whole sugar and spun thing, okay, so this is a, a little plastic thing of cotton candy. And this flavor is margarita flavored. Come on. Every mom needs this in their life. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So you need to get yourself some, Lauren. I'm going to go order some right now. But here's the thing. So your family can have it Mm -hmm. because- Because these flavors are free and vegan friendly, which is when I was wandering the Sweets and Snacks Expo, that was one of the things that I was like- I really only engaged with people who I could take back their products for me or the kids, right? So if it wasn't gluten-free, 
like I had very little time, so I had no time to waste. And then the things that were vegan or that my kids could eat, um, super uh, important. So I went with my gut and I brought home lots of goodies and I'm so glad that I could share them with you. Yes. And I thank you for them because I don't think I'm going to share mine with anyone. (laughs) And I even, I mean, you were kind enough to think of my children. You sent me peanut butter and jelly flavored, but I had it for breakfast with my coffee and I don't think it's going anywhere, but in my belly. (laughs) So I'm just saying. That's okay. Same. What your kids don't know won't hurt them. No. That's a whole other lies that we tell our children, right? We don't have any cotton candy in the house. What are you Why would about? we have cotton candy? That'd be weird. We don't live at the fair. Are you the kind of parent that like when you get, um, you know, like Halloween candy, Valentine's candy, like the things that come, like how long does that candy get to stay within your kids' grasps before it just disappears? I, you know what? I will let them have, like, I think on Halloween, I let them have four pieces of candy. Maybe at Easter, a birthday party, a piñata. Okay, you can have four pieces and then you go run it out. And then I throw all of it in a plastic bag and then I stick it in the back of the cupboard. What about you? Do you just have like random plastic bags just shoved in the back of your cupboard? Yeah, there is a full on giant gallon bag of candy in the back of my cupboard right now. You can donate that. Wait, how? Mm. where some people take it for troops and they'll send it overseas <gasps> like to the troops that's amazing mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna have to google that because that's where it's gone or sometimes dentists will collect it especially after like parades or um halloween and dentists will collect it and like you know in exchange for like toothbrushes or trinkets or whatever and then they'll donate it somewhere Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, that's not just keep bags of candy in the back of your house because I know. you know what happens then? They come back for Halloween and you're like, oh, I didn't have time to go get candy. So here's your old candy that we're going to give out. Then you become those people. Yes. Get a reputation and you don't need that reputation. I don't want to be the stale candy giver. What about your husband? Tell me how your husband's instincts are with candy. Is he the one that like just puts it in his suitcase and he like takes it for you? No. Or does he, would he rather the girls have more candy? No, he's pretty good about, because he's seen what happens when they're loaded with sugar. So he's like, I don't want to do that on purpose. Um, He'll take out some of his favorites and then he'll support me throwing in the back of the cupboard. Yeah. But. Are you always in agreement when it comes to things like that with your kids? No, no. (laughs) We can agree on candy. That is it. That's it. No, we, you know what? We agree on several things. Um, The way that we function is that since I'm home and there are two of them, that I am in charge of that department, as he likes to call it. This is your department that you're in charge of. He's in charge of other departments. This is what I am in charge of. Um, And so he does kind of what's the word, uh, lean on me, I guess, for the answers, because I will be the one to Google what is this symptom and why does my kid feel this way? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, I, I found out this, that right now is a sleep regression time and that's why no one's sleeping in our house. So <laughs> she said, yeah, no, I, like, yeah, I, I went through that maybe like a month ago, Ugh. like the 18 month sleep regression. And you're like, where did this come from? Like, we're never going to be able to sleep again. No. And you think you will, but then even after they're two or whatever, then people are getting up to go to the bathroom 
they need help in the bathroom. Somebody has a bad dream. Somebody's afraid of the dark. No, you will never sleep again. I'm convinced of it. When they're teenagers and they're out late at night, do you think you're going to be sleeping? No. No. <laughs> That's what I think. So we are very similar, but we are very different. And, it, and I think it balances out, but it took us a while to get there. So now that our kids are three and four and a half, we have a pretty good, you know, you have the nonverbal cues of who's going to take over what. And we know that I'm in charge of bath time and bedtime. And, um, and mostly because, you know, he's gone a lot. And that, even when he's home, that is a routine that we can stick with. So that's something that my girls enjoy. And I try to make bath time fun. And we put music on and put bubbles in the bathtub or whatever. Um, but in the beginning, it was very difficult because we didn't always agree on stuff. Like, I think I, I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but for example, when my first one was three weeks old, she, she was born around Thanksgiving. So she was born at the beginning of November. She was three weeks old. It was Thanksgiving. And she's a tiny little baby with no immune system. And my husband's like, I know I'm not going to be in town, but I think that she needs to go to her first Thanksgiving with my entire family. And I was like, okay, no, I don't think so. I, I love you. And the fact that you want everyone to see your beautiful new baby, but no, she has no immune system. If somebody has the flu and they show up, our kid could end up in the hospital. Like she's super tiny. Plus, I don't feel good because I just pushed a baby out of me and I don't want to have to get dressed up and smile. Yeah. Well, that I don't is have to smile. Salad. Right. So um, it was a big, I would say it's one of our biggest fights that we've ever had because I said, I don't care how long you hate me. Like we argued back and forth, back and forth. And I said, I don't care how long you hate me. I don't care if you bring this up to me when we're 70 years old and you still are mad about it. I am not taking her to Thanksgiving and that is it. And I don't talk to him like that very often because I feel like it's really disrespectful not to, you know, to like, I'm going to do what I want. I don't think that that really works for marriage in my opinion. Um, but it was one of the very few times I think that's only happened like once or twice other than that where I said, no, I know what's best and I am not putting her at risk because her, she could be in huge, you know, she could end up in the hospital. She could die if she gets the flu. Now I know that that's very catastrophic thinking, but when you're a brand new mother and you've just had a baby, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Put yourself in that hormonal place. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. So I said, I'm keeping her here. And I, he even called me on Thanksgiving morning. He's like, happy Thanksgiving. My parents were with me at my house. I said, happy Thanksgiving. He's like, are you going to the family Thanksgiving? I said, no, I'm not. Hate me forever if you must, but I'm not taking her. And he was, he was mad for a little while, but I knew I would regret it for the rest of my life if something happened to my child because I thought I needed to do what my husband thought was right and didn't follow my own instincts. Right. Again, following your gut and thinking about what's best there. Right. Because I'm, I, I grew that person. Mm-hmm. I grew that person. <laughs> they were with me and now I'm in charge of them. So, and, and I think those types of situations are what have led to how we function now more as a team. It's more of a discussion. As long as I have a valid reason for why I want to do X, Y, or Z, whether it's go get our, a lead test for our kid or 
vaccinations or take them away from school for the day because they don't seem to feel good. It's a conversation where um, we talk it out and make a decision together. And most of the time, I would say 99% of the time, you know, it's, I will, I may not agree with this, but you know what, if you think that's what's best, then I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. But it wasn't always like that. And I think that that's very difficult for couples to deal with when you first have kids. I mean, did you guys deal with that at all? Oh, I'm sure that we did. I don't know that we really fought too much. Um, and I think that, you know, my husband kind of seated like the, like, well, you, you just pushed it out or you just <laughs> grew this thing. Like, I'm going to trust you on this. There wasn't too much that he was like super um, opinionated on. I do remember because we knew that we were having a boy for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, when the subject of like circumcision came up, um, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really feel like I have the say here because I don't have a penis. That's that's true. Yeah. Um, so like if you have a strong opinion, like like whatever your opinion is, will be the right one. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an opinion either way. Like if he wanted to cut or not cut, I didn't care, you know, as much. Um, it just is a little bit different, like in how you clean or, you know, take care of it long-term. So like whatever he wanted to do there was fine with me. I kind of picked and choose like where I thought I would have the most like expertise to give, um, versus like a situation like that where like, I don't like, yeah, I might have to change more diapers, but like, right. It, it's not my body. I don't know what that, that is or is not like. So, um, that's fair. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, I think if you, the, the hardest part about being a new mom or a baby mom is like having, having to trust those or like trusting those instincts that you have and then like validating them. Right. Cause there's so much information now. Like I still get a lot of the, like the young, like the, the baby center and the, you know, the parents like for new parents and all the information that's geared out. And I'm always thinking about like, if you're a content creator for like that brand, like you're literally just repeating like the same things yeah. over and over because there's always a new mom. There's always somebody who's coming for that information for the first time or a refresher of it or, or what have you, because there's, you know, when you're sitting there um, as a new mom, you know, you've got your baby in, in one arm and you got your phone in the other hand. And that's, you know, that's your lifeline. Yeah. Whether it's a mommy group, whether it's to listening to podcasts like this, whether it's, you know, just researching as much stuff as you can. So like that really becomes an important part. So there's just so much content out there and so much information right now about every little thing. And and you can pretty much find something that supports your view on anything because Mm -hmm. it's the internet Um, and you can. So that's, you know, something to be aware of, but I think that we rely pretty heavily on outside sources of information for that. And if you don't have, even if your mom or a trusted woman or friend or someone's available to you, you know, at some point in that journey, like you ask questions, you learn from them, but at some point you're on your own. And, and I think that's okay. I think that helps you figure that out, like figure out, what that mom gut tells you and, and what kind of signals it makes and how urgent those signals are. And like, you know, like, you know, when the mama bear arises for the first time and you're like, Whoa, where did that come from? Right? Like now I'm mama bear, 
And I understand. I understand what my mom felt like. I understand now like this whole, you know, this whole sect of women who have been doing this for ages, like there's a club there and it's yeah. really get into the club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's really when you start to understand it. So we're always here for all of you, but you know, you're going to have to develop your own gut and your own intuition and pick the battles you want to fight with your partner or your significant other about where you think that, that things are right or wrong or what action what course of action you want to take. I mean, you were just talking about, you know, having to use, you know, one of your three $75 copays, right? Like that's, that's a decision that like is unique to you, but you over the last four and a half years of, of being a mom, like have at least established enough um, experience and, and credibility. Like, you know, like this might be something that she's dealing with, but like maybe I can call the nurse line. Maybe I can do these right. things to like not burn that so that when I have a 105 degree fever, like that's when I'm going to, that's when I'm going to use that. that that's thing. when you're going to pull that card. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to kind of use that and, and you, it's all trial by fire. That's, that's all parenting yeah. is. And it like, look at every single thing that we've talked about on this podcast so far, whether it's what kind of car that you drive, what kind of car seat that you pick, like how to, how to take your kids on a flight, you know, that, but also like how to speak up for yourself, how to teach your kids about personal space, how to talk to them about things that are important, you know, how to be their advocates, like all of these things, like we haven't, we're not saying this because we're experts. We're just saying this because we've been through those fires. We like, or we're going through those fires. Most of the time we're just actually going through them. And you and I, Ash, are just talking them out and trying to figure out like, I don't know, what does your tribe tell you? Like, what's your village, you know, say about this or like be my village, help me figure out this. And that's really where I think the root of, of why we're doing this is comes is it's not that, our guts are better than anybody else's. It's they're not, they're loaded with cotton candy right now. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, like we're just verbalizing some of the things for, for each other and, and for our village as a whole. So thank you for those of you who are tuning in and listening to this and, and being part of that. Hopefully that some of this is helpful. And if, you know, if not inspirational, then at least validates, you know, your experience Mm -hmm. and where you are. And And reminds you that you're not alone. Mm-mm. That's, I mean, that's the huge thing is that I think sometimes even when you have multiple children and they're getting bigger, I mean, I literally just had a minute today where I just sat down and I just couldn't contain it and I just started to cry. And I was like, I, I, this is so minor. Like there, this is not a big deal about my kid, but it made me feel so helpless. And I just felt for every single parent who has been in a serious situation where they feel so helpless for their children because all we ever do, it's like my speech I constantly give my kids. I'm not trying to be the killjoy. I'm just trying to keep you safe and healthy and loved. Yes. That's it. Amen. And it's just, it's not easy. And nobody, they talk about how cute babies are and how funny little kids are, but nobody tells you how complex and how overwhelming it can feel sometimes. And, and I mean, I was just like, oh, thank goodness that we, today's podcast day. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We look forward. These are like uh-huh. just our, this is our therapy session. Podcast it is. Therapy session it is. For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I think 
even at the very simplest root. And sometimes you have to go so simple just for yourself, just to remember, like when you're in the heat of it and I'm trying to tell my kids, like mommy's job is to keep you safe. God gave you to me to keep you safe, to return you to him. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is, uh, and then my other favorite line to my kids is I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. Oh my gosh. That's great. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just the rule. I didn't make it, but I have to tell you it so that we can both like try to do it. And they're like, yeah, okay. You didn't make the rules. I'm like, yes. That's amazing. Then maybe you're not the bad guy. Sometimes you have to be the bad guy. Right. Right. That's just the rule. Like, you know, if you're going to cry when we leave somewhere and they're not going to want you back, they're not going to invite you back. That's just the rule. So I'm going to help you like follow the rule. So I don't know how much longer I get with that one, but like (laughs) at the very simplest levels, we have to also remind ourselves like, you know, like this is, this is the job. We are fully equipped to handle it. We have our villages, right? We have other moms that we can turn to. We have tons of other resources, but at the end of the day, it's like us and our partners making the decision on what's best for our kids, how to keep them safe and healthy and know that they are loved. And at the end of the day, if that's, you know, if that's, if that's all I can do, then that's enough. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I so mean, what I you're even, doing is enough. Thank you. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Luckily, I have somebody I'm married to that will see me have a meltdown, a mommy meltdown. And he's like, you know what? They're fed. They have a house. They have parents that love them. I think they're fine. Yeah. So you just sit down with your cotton candy or your wine and chill out. Good reminder. Good reminder for all of us. And thank, thank you. you. Well, this was the most unexpected of podcasts. We literally just fired this one up and started talking about, you know, it's podcast day and it literally turned into a pretty awesome episode. So thank you, Ash, thank for you. giving us that gift. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. Let us know what you thought. Give us a shout on Instagram, mombuns.life or on Facebook on the mombuns page. If you're interested in joining us in a larger village setting, let us know because we are actually setting up um, a Facebook group. And so we'd love to correspond with you a little bit more um, and, and, and be more present in your life. So it's not just podcast day that we're looking forward to. It's Facebook group all the time, right? So if that's something that you're into, let us know and we'll um, think about how to open that up and and make sure that everybody gets to share their village moments. So Mom Buns on Facebook and Mom Buns Life. Tell somebody about the podcast and please leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening to the Mom Buns podcast. And don't forget to catch our latest episodes wherever you find all your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye.